0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 18, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Instead of complaining, why not share your faith? You know, you guys know that I've been in the military. I was spent 13 years in the Navy. Go Navy. Love the Navy. And, uh, and, uh, I, I absolutely love that time in my life when I was in the military. I was working in an office at the time, and and it was on a, uh, a Marine Corps base, and I was Navy, and, uh, and, uh, it was in that office that God did a lot of things in my life. And, and of course, you know, you know, when you, you, you work in the, the military, I mean, it's a whole different environment, and, and I just remember each day I would go to work and read my Bible and study, you know, the Bible. And, and, um, and people used to mock me all the time. I mean, they'd be, like, oh, there he is reading that Bible again, you know. And I remember people, they'd say, hey, why don't you come on and go to happy hour with us, Finch? When you reading that Bible, come on and get a drink. I'd go, nah, they'd go, hey, I what Jesus drank? It's like, why is it that all non believers know that Jesus drank? It's like if they don't know nothing else about the Bible, they know Jesus drank. Oh, well, Jesus had wine. Why can't you have wine? You can drink a little wine. Come on. And they know the verse. Take a little wine for that stomach psych. Isn't that what the book says? Oh, well, yeah, no. And you know, And they used to always try to get me to go to happy hour with them. I'm like, no, 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 you guys, I'm going to just stay and read my Bible and whatever, whatever. And then after a while, as as time went on and I continued to hold down my witness, because I wanted to share the gospel and led people to the Lord in that office, as I continued to hold down my witness and, and be a witness and be a light and be salt, you know, after a while, they stopped inviting me to happy hours. As a matter of fact, they even gave me a nickname in that office. I'll never forget this. They used to call me, I don't know if I told you guys this, but they used to call me Deacon. That was my nickname on the base. I don't even think these people knew my first name after a while they would just they called me deacon and 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 god began to use me i i you know i remember my boss he was like a, a master chief or whatever and and he would say uh hey finch oh deacon and i go uh yes sir i want you to stay around after after you know everybody leaves i'm gonna talk to you about something i said uh, okay sir yes sir and then everybody would leave he say uh finch come here he says uh he go uh What's that Bible had to say about marriage? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you want to know? here? Yeah, yeah. And I had an opportunity to share the gospel in a place where my workplace had to become my mission field. Saints, let your workplace become your mission field. I think that's what Paul did. Paul let that tent-making business or making those tents become a mission, a place where he could provide for himself, but also be able to share the gospel. This whole tent-making idea, actually, if you talk to missionaries today, that's that's kind of a common phrase. Like, I have a I'm tent making now. It's kind of a common, you know, idea or phrase. And what they mean by that is that they're 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 working during the week and they're sharing the gospel during the weekend on the weekend. So they're working tent making, making money, taking care of yourself and sharing the gospel on the weekend. And so Paul had a tent making business with Aquila and Priscilla. Look at verse 4. I gotta move on. And he reasoned in verse 4 in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. And when Silas and Timothy in verse 5 had come from Macedonia, Paul was pressured or pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, notice what he did. He shook his garments and said to them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. And from now on, I will go to the Gentiles. And he departed from there. And he entered the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshiped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Isn't that cool? Wouldn't it be cool if your house was next door to Calvary Chapel? Think about it. I mean, if there's like an 815 service. You could leave it 815. I like it. And then in verse 8, Crispus. Talking about I like I like that name. Crispus. That's a good name. If you're having a boy, mommy, and you know you're you're pregnant and you're having a boy, you should think about naming him Crispus. Not. Where do they get these names from in the Bible anyway? How do you even come up with something like that? I mean, his mom and dad. I mean, think about it. Hold on, let me go for a tangent. I mean, how do you even think about that? I mean, you're having a baby and you're sitting around, Honey, what are we going to name him? Oh, I don't know. I like the name John. Um, Well, I like the name Sarah, you know, or Jamal or Shaniqua. No, you know, I think we ought to name him Christmas. (laughs) It's like, how do you come up with that? I mean... Okay, I'm back. Verse eight. Then Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his household and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and they were baptized. Now, the Lord in verse nine spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. And God said, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent, for I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you, Paul. For, underline this in your Bibles, I have many people in this evil city. And he continued in verse 11, there for a year and a half, teaching the word of God among them. So stop right there, give me your attention. While in Corinth, Paul went into the synagogue every week, preaching and persuading the Jews and the Greeks to come to know Christ. Silas and Timothy bring Paul good news that the work had continued in Macedonia, And Paul continues to share the gospel, and the opposition begins. And when the opposition begins, listen, watch this. Paul takes off his coat, his garment. He shakes it to shake the dust off as a symbol, as a sign to them. And he says, your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. I'm going to the Gentiles. Now, this whole shaking of the garment and the dust off the garment, and your blood shall be upon your own head, is taken from the Old Testament. Remember, Paul knew his Bible, and Paul knew, if you're taking notes, Ezekiel chapter 3, it talks about God told Ezekiel to speak my word, and if they don't hear it, God said, their blood shall be on their own hands. But if you speak the word, and... You, if you don't speak the word God said in Ezekiel 3, your blood will be, their blood will be upon your hand. You got to be obedient. And then in Ezekiel chapter 33, you can look these up in your own time. God said, Ezekiel, your watchman. And if the watchman does his job and warns the people and they don't listen, their blood will be upon their head. But if the watchman doesn't give the warning, then their blood will be on the watchman's head. And then in Joshua chapter two, Rahab made a deal with the spies. Perhaps you know the story. And the spies said, if we don't keep our end of the bargain, then your the blood shall be upon our own heads. And then you fast forward to the New Testament. Pilate brought Jesus out to the people. And Pilate said, I'm through with this whole situation. He washed his hands and he says to the crowd, his blood the, or the crowd said, pardon me, that his blood shall be upon us and our children, Matthew 27, verse 24. So this whole concept idea of the blood being upon someone's head, if you are not obedient to share the word or to do what God has told you to do or to keep your end of the bargain. Paul is taking that whole imagery from the Old Testament Here, the people are rejecting the word, and Paul takes off his garment, shakes it, and says, your blood be upon your own heads. Now, listen quickly. There are many, many people over the years that have taken a verse like this and put a lot of people under a lot of legalism. And they would say something like, if you don't share the gospel with whomever and they die, that their blood will be on your head. I've heard that before. So a person dies and they go to hell and you haven't shared the gospel. Then their blood's going to be on your head. And I've heard people say that before. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me get you free, if you will. God never entrusts someone's eternal destiny to you. Amen. Amen. If you don't have an opportunity to share with Uncle Harry or Aunt Margaret the gospel and they die not knowing Christ, listen, their blood is not on your head. We have to share the gospel. Don't misunderstand me. We have a responsibility in the scriptures to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. But we do not carry the burden of the responsibility. God can save people without you. Well, that just messed you up, didn't it? (laughs) God can save folks any way he chooses. And yes, we have the responsibility. I want to be clear about that. But we don't have to walk with the burden of if we didn't have an opportunity to share or, you know, we've been sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel with people and we miss one, you know, that God is upset or their blood is on our head. You know, God's word is the power of God unto salvation, as I mentioned before. And, and, and it's God who saves, not men. Amen, saints? God who saves. Well, notice Paul says, you guys rejected the gospel. Your blood is on your head. And now look at verse six and seven again. And now in verse six and seven, I'm going to take the message to the Gentiles. And notice in verse seven, he left the Jews and went to the house of justice who live next to the temple. I like that. That's funny to me. He says, I'm leaving and I'm going to the Gentiles. And then he went next door. (laughs) It's right there. And the door of the synagogue was slammed shut. A new door was opened next door at the house of justice. And the ruler of the synagogue, Crispus is his name. believed the Bible says. And then God spoke to Paul in a night vision and said, Paul, don't be afraid. Why? Listen, here's why. Because Paul was afraid. Now that's deep. When God tells you, tells someone in the Bible not to be afraid. Well, that's an indication that they were afraid. Why would Paul be afraid? Because every time Paul would get into a city, listen closely, he would go to the Jews first. He'd go into the synagogue and they would reject the message. And then he would go to the Gentiles and preach the gospel and they would accept the message. And when the Gentiles accepted the message, the Jews would get mad that the Gentiles accepted the message. So the the Jews would beat Paul. And they'd throw him out of the city and beat him and stone him and leave him for dead. And Paul's thinking, oh, no, the Gentiles got saved. Now the beatings are about to begin. (laughs) And so he was afraid. And God said, don't be afraid because I'm with you. And Paul, listen, I've got many more in this evil city. I've got many more. You know, God has a remnant in every place. Isn't that true? God has a remnant in the most evil of places. I get off the plane. I've been in Japan a couple of three times and I get off at Narita Airport in Tokyo. And I was with my pastor this one time. I'll never forget. it. And I looked over at him and I said, I said, do you do you sense that? Do you feel that? And he says, yeah, man, I do. The wickedness and the evil spiritual oppression was so thick at the airport. You could cut it with a knife. And we moved, went down south to Shikoku Island. On the island of Shikoku, they have 13 cities and we visited them all and preached in every one of them. And in each place... It was a very evil feeling, hovering. But it was so nice to get with the Christians there and those who love God and to get into these home churches. God has a remnant in the most evil of places. He says, God says, there's many more. Many more. It was Elisha. Don't you remember the story? As Elisha said, God, I'm the only one in Israel that loves you. And God says, I have 7000 in Israel who have not bowed the knee to Baal. God always has a remnant. This city is filled with immorality, insanity, idolatry, adultery and sin. And yet God has a remnant. And Paul continued preaching there and teaching there for a year and a half. Look at verse 12 when Galeo was pro of Acacia, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat, saying this fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. And when Paul was about to open his mouth, I love that. Paul was about to open, his, I told y'all Paul was something else, man. He's about to give him the what for? He's about to open his mouth. Galileo said, he interrupted and he said to the Jews, if it were a matter of wrongdoing or wicked crimes, O Jews, there would be reason why I should bear with you. But if it is a question of words and names and your own law, look to it yourselves for I do not want to be judge of such matters. And he drove them from the judgment seat. And then all the Greeks took Sophthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and they beat him before the judgment seat. But Galeo took no notice of these things. Now in verse 18, Paul still remained a good while. And then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria. And Priscilla and Aquila were with him. And he had his hair cut off at Centuria, for he had taken a vow. And we're not real sure what that is all about, to tell you the truth. It could be Paul just thinking, I'm going to become all things to all men that I might win some, which was always his heart. So he cut his hair. He came to Ephesus in verse 19 and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews, as he always did. And when they asked him to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you. Don't you love this? Underline it. God willing. Saints, we should always say, if the Lord wills. Amen. He said, I'll come back if the Lord wills. And he sailed from Ephesus. And when he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. And after he had spent some time there, he departed and he went over the the region of Galatia and Phygeria in order, strengthening the disciples. And now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. And this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and he taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew, underline this, only the baptism of John. And so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And when the husband and wife team, Aquila and Priscilla, heard him, they heard some stuff that wasn't quite right. They took him aside. You know, saints, if you got got to correct folks, take him aside. You know, you hear somebody say something wrong about the Bible and you're like, oh, that's blasphemy. Stop speaking now. I'm right in front of people, and embarrassing them. Aquila and Priscilla, they didn't do that. They took him aside. You see that? And they explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Acacia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived... He greatly helped those who had believed. Note this. How did they believe, saints? Through grace. Uh, how did they believe? Through grace. That's how everybody believes. For by grace are you saved. You can write this in your Bible right there, Ephesians 2. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So they believe through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing, note this, from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Stop right there. Give me your attention. The Jews come against Paul as I come to a close here. The Jews come against Paul and they bring him to the deputy and he says he's causing people to worship contrary to the law. And the deputy says, Hey, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Paul's trying to defend himself, and Galeo interrupts him and says, Listen, if this guy did something wrong, then it would make sense for me to be involved. But if it's over religion or words or names, this is about your law. He says, I'm not gonna get involved in that stuff. And he didn't pay any attention and he didn't get involved. And so Paul went to Syria with Priscilla and Aquila, and there he cut his hair Again, not really sure why he did that. And then notice in verses 24 through 28, notice God moved Paul and Priscilla and Aquila to Ephesus because, listen, there was a Jew there by the name of Apollos. So at this point, and we'll talk about it more next week, at this point, we are introduced to Apollos, who comes from Alexandria. Alexandria was the most important city outside of Rome. Alexandria was the second largest city outside of Rome. Alexandria had major universities. Alexandria had one of the biggest library, libraries, the largest library uh, in the world. 7,000 volumes were found in this city library. Uh, pardon me, 700,000. I said 7,000. 700,000 were found volumes in this library. So it was huge. And, and this is the day before copy machines and printing. This is all handwritten stuff. So Alexandria is an important, influential city. A lot of Jews lived, a third of the Jews actually lived in Alexandria. So this guy, Apollos, he comes from the city of Alexandria. And Apollos obviously was a believer, had heard of the baptism of John, only the Bible says. Now, very important to understand that at this point in the book of Acts, They have been talking about and experiencing not just the baptism of John and belief and faith, but they've been experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Aquila and Priscilla, they want to help Apollos to grow, to mature, to understand and experience beyond just belief, beyond just faith. We know from the Bible that he had a message, but apparently he doesn't have the whole story. He's speaking boldly. This guy's charismatic. He's eloquent. He's fervent in spirit. He's taught in the synagogues. And so Priscilla and Aquila, this husband and wife team with a little small tent making business, God uses them. They probably don't have much education they haven't been to Bible college. They haven't been to seminary. They haven't studied homiletics and hermeneutics and any other utics. They haven't, they don't know a whole bunch, but what they do know, they know Jesus. And don't you find it interesting that Apollos coming from Alexandria, a very important educational city, he's educated has probably had professors for years. He still doesn't know the gospel fully, and God uses these sort of, if you will, in the world's eyes, insignificant people to share with him more fully the gospel. I love that about God. You don't have to know a lot to be used mightily. You don't have to know a lot. Look, if you've never been to Bible college or seminary, I've never been to Bible college and I've never been to seminary, but what I have learned in my 24 years of being a Christian that I think Aquila and Priscilla and every other believer has learned or will learn, that 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 sharing the gospel and being used of God has nothing to do with your educational background. It has everything to do with you understanding that when you stand to speak the word of God, that it's in the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you understand that, my friend, listen, that's when God can really, really, really use you and you open your mind, you open your heart, you receive the things of God and God will take your life and use it even further. We know that because after Aquila and Priscilla share the fuller message with Apollos, we find him in First Corinthians chapter three. Obviously a disciple, obviously been used of the Lord mightily because this church is a, a church. First Corinthians is a corrective letter and they had some real problems with with following man. And Paul wrote them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 to tell them, it's a shame that you guys are dividing the way that you're dividing. And some of you are saying, I'm of Paul, and I'm of Cephas, and some of you are saying, I'm of Apollos. So we find that even from here in Acts chapter 18, after Priscilla and Aquila share the gospel with him, he goes on to be mightily used in the church, all because a tent-making couple availed themselves To be relocated from Italy to Corinth and to be used of God. Our God is an awesome, mighty God. Isn't that right? Oh, tell me more than 50 people agree with that. Our God is an awesome God. Amen, saints. And I love the Lord for that. I'll wait. Thank you, Lord. And this guy is ready to go in ministries. The brothers give him a letter and they're encouraging the disciples to receive him. And next week, we pick up our study as Paul is in the great city of Ephesus. You don't want to miss it.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.